Hello again, friends. I welcome you to this episode of Wisdom Hearts. Today we are looking at Philemon, chapter 1. Philemon has just one chapter. I'm reading from verse 1. Paul and a, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Apia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Praise the Lord. So this is a passage that we are considering today from the book of Philemon. And today we have captioned it, Issues to Consider. Issues to Consider. Now, let's go back to verse 4. Paul speaking said, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. For me, this is a very deep statement. And I'm asking, looking into this passage, Paul is saying, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. So my question is, who can thank God for you in prayers? Or should I say, who will thank God for you in their prayers? Does anybody have any reason to thank God for you in their prayers? Who is going to remember you in prayer and thank God for you? Is there anybody that has a reason to thank God as they remember you in their prayer? And on the flip side, who are you thanking God for in your own prayers and why? Who are you yourself thanking God for in your prayers and why? Let's look at this passage. For Paul, he had a reason to thank God for Philemon in his prayers. He said, I thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hear of your love for all the saints. Did you see? I hear of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hear of your love for all the saints. Let's stop here for now. He said he heard of Philemon's faith. Now, who, what, what do people hear about your own faith? He is thanking God for Philemon because, number one and very crucial, he heard about Philemon's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, I'm asking, what do people hear about your faith? Do they hear that you are backsliding? Do they hear that like Demas, you have abandoned your faith in Christ for the world and for the things of the world? Or perhaps there's nothing even to hear of your faith anymore. The fire has gone out. 
you are now very cold yet you are still going through all your religious motions maybe like john said in revelation 3 2 i know your deeds you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead is this talking about you is that what people hear about your faith is this all you have a mere reputation with men john said i know your deeds you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead a mere reputation john goes on to say wake up strengthen what remains and is about to die for i have not found your deeds complete in the sight of god or perhaps your faith is now like the one described by john in the same revelations 3 15. i know your deeds that you're neither hot nor cold i wish you were either one or the other so because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold i am about to spit you out of my mouth friends let our faith be commended by the Lord. As written in Revelation 3, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word. You have not denied my name. Yes, let people hear about your faith. Let people hear about our faith in the Lord for its fervency, for its consistency, for its zeal in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was the first reason why Paul was thanking God for Philemon. Because he heard of the faith of Philemon, a faith that was fervent, consistent, and ever-growing in passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. We go back to that passage. The second reason that Paul was thanking God was for, for Philemon was for his love for all brethren. Emphasis on all. Because I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints. Brethren, it is true that we love our fellow believers. But what catches my attention here actually is the highlighted all. And I'm asking myself, is this true of me? Is this true of you? Do we truly, truly, truly love all the saints? Let's be honest. For several of us, we love. But we love the lovely ones by whatever definition. We love the well-placed ones. That's true. We love the well-placed ones. We love the ones that we do our bidding, whatever it takes them. But what about the saints that we have tagged rebels? Those ones who question everything, who appear to criticize everything. What about the unlovely ones? The ones that we term unlovely in our midst by whatever definition. What about the poor? Paul was speaking concerning Philemon. He said, I thank God for you because of your love for all the brethren. Have we not segregated in the church? Have we not segregated between the rich and the poor, the well-placed and the lowly placed, the gifted and the not-so-gifted? Have we not segregated between the spiritual and the unspiritual? 
do we really have for all love for all the brethren? Do you know that there are saints in our midst that we don't love? Yes. Let's be truthful. Some are, some of these ones, we they are there. We see them. But, but can we really save them? We can't say we see them. So we can't love them. They are there, but they are not there. We see them, but we don't see them. I'm particularly touched this morning by what Philemon was talking about. Sorry, what Paul was talking about. How that Philemon loved all the brethren. And I'm asking, is it really possible? But I know that the things of the Spirit are not done by the energy of the flesh. And that is the Holy Spirit that will work in us. So this morning, may God grant us the grace to truly love as he commanded. Think for a moment of your own natural family. You have a mixed bag of people in your family, your natural family. Some may be lovely, some others unlovely, but hopefully there is one thing that is not in doubt. You love them all. So in this relationship that is a superior relationship, superior because it is a relationship that is in Christ. We are being called to love all by the grace of God, by the working of the Holy Spirit who enables us to be like Christ in this mortal body. I'm praying for you, I'm praying for myself that I will receive grace today for agape love, for the glory of God. So Paul was commending Philemon, remembering him in his prayers for doing what? For his faith in Christ, for his love for all the saints, not discriminating between the rich, the strong, the weak, the spiritual, not so spiritual, the stubborn, the obedient. Those were not the categories. Philemon's love was all-encompassing. And we go further. Paul speaking in verse 6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. This is a big one. Are you active in sharing your faith? Are you active in sharing your faith? May God give us a heart that burns to share our faith. As we share what God is doing in our lives. Sharing your faith just means sharing what God is doing in your life through the power of of God through the workings of the Holy Spirit because you have become a child of God. It's as simple as that. You just make those simple connections and point people to the living Christ. So Paul was thanking God for Philemon for being active in sharing his faith. He says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Verse 7, your love has given me a great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. This is another big one for me. He said, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. What does it mean to refresh others? The word to refresh simply means to give new strength or energy to someone, to reinvigorate somebody, you know, to cause somebody to come alive, to be recharged again. And there are many ways, many avenues that God gives us 
to refresh others. And God indeed can help us to refresh our brethren. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 25, reading from verse 35, as the Holy Spirit gives us greater insight. Verse 35 says, For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you brought me together with yourselves, welcomed and entertained and lodged me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to see me. Verse 37. Then the just and the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcomed and entertained you or naked and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and came to visit you? 40. And the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, in so far as you did it to one of the least in the estimation of men of these brethren, you did it for me. Talking about refreshing others. This is a one example of how God can give us the grace to refresh others. And three things I want to mention about refreshing others. I want you to know that several times you feel incapacitated. I feel incapacitated to truly refresh others as my heart desires. Yes, there are times I've felt so helpless, so, so incapacitated to do what my heart wants to do. Therefore, as you seek to be a source of blessing, to refresh others, I want you to pray this prayer in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21, that God will equip you with everything good for doing his will. Yes, we need God to equip us with what it takes to refresh others. And let me always say, it does not always involve money. Money could be a good part of it, a big part of it. But let's pray that God will equip us with everything good for doing his will with regard to refreshing others. Again, let us pray for God to give us the right opportunities to refresh others. There are times that we have missed opportunities. Let us ask for God to give us opportunities and eyes to see those opportunities so that we seek them to refresh others. Let us also pray that God will give us a heart that is willing and not fearful. I find in my own case, in my own situation, that there are opportunities that God can bring our way. But we let go of these opportunities because we are counting the cost of jumping on those opportunities. And before you know it, it slips away. That moment is gone. And we have not ceased it to refresh that weary soul. This morning I pray that these issues that God is bringing, the Holy Spirit will enlighten your heart. That truly someone will remember you in prayer and thank God for you because of your faith in the Lord, because of your love for the brethren. And that somebody will continue to pray for you that you'll be active in sharing your faith and that God will give you the grace to refresh the hearts of the brethren. The Lord bless this word in your heart and in my heart and cause it to bear fruit to the glory of his name in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until I come your way again, the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, 
lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace forever. Amen. May your day be blessed. Good afternoon, good evening. I welcome you to today's episode of Wisdom Hearts. Today we shall be looking at Ruth chapter 4, reading from verse 13. Ruth chapter 4, reading from verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her, into her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. I read it again, Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went into her and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. Today we are looking at the God factor. The God factor. For so many of us, things are just simply natural. You just think that things follow a natural sequence of events. But today I want to show you something very extraordinary that you need to pay very close attention to. And that is the God factor. It is the God factor in every event, in every situation of life. God is in everything. Nothing is happenstance. I want you to look again at Ruth chapter 4 verse 13. Ruth could have gone into his wife. But in between that sentence of going in and giving birth is the phrase that says that God enabled her to conceive. Many of us think that things are just, just happen naturally. It just follows a natural sequence of events. But you can see from this passage that there is an interjection in the sentence. And that interjection is that God enabled her to conceive. So for those of us who feel that in this life we have our act together, that our plans are underway, I want to remind you what the Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 27. John 3.27 says, A man can receive nothing except it has been granted unto him from heaven. Did you see that? So your wealth, your intelligence, your station in life, your good health, your house full of children who may be good, obedient, and who are thriving, your secured job, your secured business, your security at home or at work is never your own doing. Don't for one moment think it is your doing. If you remove the God factor, if you remove the hand of God, if you remove the help of God, then everything falls flat on his face. I want you to mark that today. Therefore, my encouragement to you is lean into God. Let's go on and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, What is so special about you? What do you have that you, that you were not given? And if it was given to you, how can you brag? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. What is so special about you? What do you have that you were not given? And if it was given to you, how can you brag? And my question to you today is, what exactly is there to brag about? Do you know that in a moment, everything can be lost and gone? Including children, including business, including houses, including husband, including wife, including your health. Ask Job about that. So what do you brag about? 
So this statement should cause you to stop right where you are now and give glory to God for your life and for your circumstances. I'd like you to look again with me at 2 Samuel chapter 8 verse 14. 2 Samuel chapter 8 verse 4. Verse, sorry. 2 Samuel chapter 8 verse 13 to 14. It says, David became famous after he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons throughout Edom and all the Edomites became subject to David. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. That is what we are talking about, hallelujah. The God factor. That David became famous was the doing of the Lord. That all the Edomites became subject to David was the Lord's doing. What is the bottom line? It was God who handed victory to David everywhere he went. So today I say again, lean into God. God makes all the difference. Psalm 24 verse 1 tells us that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, everything in it and the people even in it. So stop right there. Stop trying to make something happen. Stop trying to gain victory by your own efforts. Stop trying. Today I'm saying to you, stop trying and tell God that you need him to be the difference maker in your life and situation. We all try so much. We all try to make things happen. We all try to make the connections. We all try to do the networking. But I want you to stop trying and tell God that, Father, I need you to be the difference maker. Make the difference in my life. Make the difference in my situation in the name of Jesus. I want you to see again Psalm 127. Verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Except the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Did you see that? For me, I can see unless and unless. Only God can deliver your long-awaited desire into your hands. Only God can cause a turnaround. Only he can do what is seemingly impossible. So today, I want to ask that you fall before him. Acknowledge his sovereignty over all of life and his permutations. Let him know that he is your DM. Hallelujah. God is your DM. God is your DM. I declare God is your DM. And what is a DM? God is your difference maker. Yes, he can and he will make that difference. So that you can stand out. And so that you can give a testimony to the praise and glory of his name. I like us to look at Genesis chapter 7. The Bible says that God shot Noah and his family and all the animals in in the ark. When Noah had to, taken in the animals and his families into the ark, the Bible says that God shot them in. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 20 verse 6, the Bible says that God prevented King Abimelech of Gera from touching Sarah. You know, Abraham had told Abimelech that Sarah is my sister. And so Abimelech took Sarah to be his wife. And all the time that she was with Abimelech, the Bible says God prevented Abimelech from touching Sarah. But go on to verse 17. The Bible says that God, that Abraham prayed to God. And what happened? Watch it. God healed Abimelech and his wife and his slaves 
and they were able to have children again. Why? Because previously the Lord had closed up every womb in Abimelech's household because of Sarah that he was keeping with him. Can you see what the Lord God can do? He can shut, he can close, he can open anywhere and anything for you. He was the one that shut the womb of not just Abimelech's wife, all the slaves in that house. <laughs> That's what the Lord can do. So if it's the God factor we are talking about, I want you to know that God can open, he can close anything, he can do it anywhere just for you. He can grant victory to you, he can make you renowned, not just a local champion. God can shut you in from trouble, God can shut you in from evil. He can and God can preserve you. He can and definitely will preserve you. He will preserve your going out. He will preserve your coming in. Putting God at the very center of your doings, of your goings, of your living, of your desiring, of everything. Let him be your difference maker. So what should you do? It's very simple. It is simply to lean into God, to lean upon God, to remove all your artificial human structures and infrastructures that you have put in place to help yourself. We all have them. Those human connections, those human structures that you have put in place, those alternatives, those um, alternatives, you know, um, we always say um, if alternative A does not work, we go for option B. All of those things are, are, are human. Do you know there are people we have put our trust in only to hear that they drop dead? There are people we have put our trust in only to hear the next week, the next month, the next year that they be removed from that place. Where you felt that, oh, they are in that position and so they can help you. All those are human structures and infrastructures. But you see this God that we are talking about, he is the only constant. So let him be your DM, hallelujah so that he can take the glory. He alone can take the glory in your life. He alone can take the glory in your situation. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Did you hear that? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right here is the answer you are looking for. Trust God. Can I tell you this morning? My friend listening to me, can you remove your eyes from the negative circumstances, the failures of human beings, the, the, you know, the shortcomings around you? Can you just fix your eyes on God and trust him? Can you lean into God? Don't lean on your own understanding this morning. Please lean on God. In every issue, in every situation, bring God into it. And let God know that your eyes are on him and on him alone. God is your DM. Hallelujah. I'm sure this is a new word for you. From today, I want you to proclaim and to declare that God is your DM. And he will show up for you very soon. That is a promise from the word of God. He will show up for you very soon. I'm trusting God this morning that your heart is encouraged to put your trust wholly on God, 
to see him as your DM, your difference maker, to trust him to open and to close any door that needs to be shut and and open to give you the victory that your heart desires to move you from where you are to where you ought to be to make you renowned to give you victory to preserve you to hand over to you the promise that he has made to you that is what the God factor does and for all the men who trusted God in the Bible we saw that God made them special this morning I'm praying that God will make you special and that God will deliver your testimony into your hands to the praise and glory of his matchless name. Let's go for the God factor in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will bless this word in your heart and in my heart and he will, and he will cause this word to bear fruit. Kindly share with your friends and with your family and until we come your way again, the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace forever. Hallelujah. God is your dear. And he will make the difference. Hallelujah.